Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Time to play with pain. Where sports and inaccuracy collide. Now, here's your host, veteran sportscaster, and the voice of the International Speed Fishing Championships, Jet Waterhouse. Oh, brother! Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My guest today, great director of films like The U and Cocaine Cowboys, his latest super cool documentary about A-Rod and steroids is called Screwball. Billy Corbin's here. We're going to get to him in a sec. First, let me thank the folks that sponsor this podcast for real. True Car, for all your car buying needs, and betonline.ag, Podcast One's trusted partner in all things gaming. And of course, hey, if you like my podcast, you are going to love uh, the hit podcast based on the Emmy-nominated A&E series cold case files right here on podcast one listen to powerful stories of crimes almost forgotten by the passage of time with interviews of the people involved as investigators shine a new light on these cases and bring those responsible to justice download new episodes of cold case files every tuesday on podcast one or wherever you get your favorite podcast and as always before we get to my guest billy corbin Time for the Waterhouse Update, brought to you by Southern Comforter, the liquor-scented bedspread, sweet dreams with Southern Comforter, NCAA Final Four, tension thicker than a book explaining Brexit to Americans, Virginia and Texas Tech, how'd they get here? While the Cavs got past Auburn like a flight attendant squeezing by a drink cart, refs let them dribble off their own foot. That's not even legal in Thailand. Paramedics rushed Auburn coach Bruce Pearl directly to Queen of Anger Management Hospital. Texas Tech smothered Michigan State like an Olive Garden white sauce disguising bad meat. Turned out Tom Izzo doubled his Lipitor for nothing. But we did get to see Holly Saunders in a Spartan cheerleading outfit two sizes too small for her. Virginia takes it all. I don't want to say they got the calls, but the refs let them use a ladder for their last two buckets. Ouch! That's got to stink. That NCAA wrap-up brought to you by My Pillow Case. Make any pillow your pillow with My Pillow Case. NBA playoffs. The Thunder sneak in. Russell Westbrook scored 31 points on 14 of 109 shooting. South America's pastime baseball. Huge Reds Pirates brawl. But honestly, I've seen better fights at the Costco gas pumps. Wrestling. A crazed fan tackled legend Bret Hart during his Hall of Fame speech. The fans in jail where WrestleMania means something a little different. Those items brought to you by Bananas. The banana guaranteed to ripen tomorrow. College Hoops, UCLA coaching search getting so desperate they accidentally offered it to Gene Hackman. Golf, the Masters is this weekend featuring announcer Jim Nance, the human Xanax. And finally, this week in sports history, the year 1956. The place, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 10th NBA championship, Philly wins over Fort Wayne. The very next day, Fort Wayne went into hiding and has not been heard from since. This Waterhouse Update brought to you by Gesundheit. 
the leotards that help cut your sneezing in half. Now, finally, it's talk time. My guest today, great director, producer, documentaries like The You Broke and his latest, which takes on the A-Rod steroid scandal and all that kind of stuff. It's called Screwball. Billy Corbin. Billy, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Listen, now, I understand you're born in Fort Myers on what I like to call the slightly safer side of the state of Florida. But yeah, then you went right into the teeth of it. You grew up in South Florida. Well, let's not get carried away. Lee County is a pretty uh, crazy place. I think the number one <laughs> industry in Lee County is uh, meth labs and Walmart bathrooms. <laughs> And they're actually able to, well, you know, I'm going to say this is probably the cleanest Walmart bathroom you've ever seen. And when those guys leave, that's my guess. Now, this blew my mind. You're a child actor with like serious success. You did like Dear John uh, back in the day. You did Parent, and then you gave up Hollywood for the much safer choice of exploring Miami's underworld. How'd you make that choice? Yes, I, I, I went from being not big in the 90s uh, to being not big in the, in the aughts. <laughs> oh, don't do that. <laughs> Exciting. Don't take uh, no, yourself I, out I, an edge. I, I, no, I was, yes, I, was, I am a recovering child actor, and, um, and uh, I'm doing much better now. Thank you. And, <laughs> oh, you've got to take it one, uh, one day at a time. Not the series. I don't want to bring out a flashback. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, I always enjoyed uh, kind of hanging out with the crew and finding out uh, what it was like uh, backstage and, and behind the scenes. And, and I worked with actually uh, Ron Howard very early on in my career. He did a movie called Parenthood right. that shot in Orlando with uh, Steve Martin and uh, Keanu Reeves. Great and, movie. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Great movie. And um, got to work with some pretty incredible people, including, as I said, a director who, who himself was a recovering child actor. And so that was a great source of, of inspiration to me to work on such a big and great project in my home state of Florida, and then to work with a director who had himself been an actor. And so it was a great, uh, great kind of early inspiration and role model to have. Is that where you got the bug to like slide into, into like uh, making movies? I think so. Yeah. Back in the eighties in Miami, there was a lot of exciting work in those days. You know, they shot Miami Vice down here. There were hundreds of commercials a year being produced down here. Uh, Tons of modeling shoots and catalog shoots and movies and tv shows it was just a very exciting time in the industry uh, down here so i was not athletically inclined i uh, actually i i struck out my first at bat at the north miami beach t-ball league uh so i i knew well that, hey that... look but that's my they're throwing heat at t-ball down in miami <laughs> that's not easy <laughs> they they are the, the goddamn ball was just sitting there now listen i mean <laughs> I made contact, but I made contact with the T, not the ball, was the problem. Well, look, that, uh, that, uh, secondary contact is still contact, really. Yeah, it's, it's also a strike, as it turns out. So um, there, there <laughs> went my dad's dreams of my ball-playing uh, career right there in, uh, at the, at the, at the op- T-Ball Optimist League. But um, Let's go uh, to the I, other extreme. Before we, before, we, uh, before we lose it, that's, that might be your worst moment. What was your best, greatest, what was your greatest athletic moment? Anything. Could be from when you were a kid up to yesterday or even this morning. What, what's the one moment athletically that uh, you rose above uh, your talent level and exceeded your own expectations? Late one night, I went to the refrigerator and drank a gallon of milk, like lifted the whole gallon up to my mouth. You know, not, I didn't drink the whole gallon, but I was able to lift the gallon of milk. You took it right to your mouth, tilted it at the correct angle, spillage? I did. 
Any any spillage? Uh, minimal. I mean, my shirt, maybe. So well, I wasn't wearing a shirt. It was so, the middle of the night. Yeah, we're looking at an 8.5 even from the Czech judge. On that. that's, a, that's a top-notch moment. Now, listen, went to the University of Miami, which is uh, like uh, the that, – uh, that's a – that's a bucket full there. I mean, I was going to ask if you had any superstitions, but superstitions in Miami could be. Uh, yeah, there's a saying. If you don't like the weather in Miami, wait 10 minutes. Someone will come along and kill you, and it won't matter. So, but, but the school <laughs> is, is uh, school's unbelievable. Coral Gables is ridiculous. That's a beautiful campus. Yeah, I mean, it is certainly the Harvard of tuition of the South. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know if I've ever if I've uh, ever subbed diagrammed a description like that before. That's impressive. Yeah, it's a very expensive school. I'll have you know. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I fortunately was was on a on a scholarship, which made it uh, which made it worthwhile. Uh, I think the quality of education has improved since I was there, majoring in underwater basket weaving and archery. Well, still, uh, uh, you know that can uh, archery down there. That's a self defense course. <laughs> well, I, I, I unfortunately uh, did not have a semi-automatic bow. Uh, oh, right. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they only come out one at a time. It's very hard to, uh, <laughs> very hard to pop them higher than that. Uh, hey, that, uh, that armaments tip brought to you by Sugary Drinks. Don't just hydrate, carbohydrate. Now, listen to me. While you were there, you dove right. Did you get into filmmaking there? And, and a little music, I think, because you're very heavily involved in the music in your projects. I know that. I, we were already involved. My, my producing partners, Alfred Spellman and David Sipkin and I, uh, we met very early in life and we started working together. And uh, I mean, Dave and I in elementary school making movies in the backyard, fun stuff like that. And then Alfred and I in TV production class in middle school. So we already were involved together in production. And, and when we Dave went to FSU because nobody's perfect. Yeah, and, that's, a, uh, that's a problem. Also happens to be one of the best film schools in the country. Oh, um, wow. So, he studied film there. I, I was studying screenwriting and political science at University of Miami. Um, Alfred went to UM for a spell, and, and we just continued on you know, with our company and, and with our, our careers from there. So college, to be perfectly candid, was a bit of a detour uh, from our careers. And in fact, we took leaves of absence from school uh, in order to pursue – I did anyway – took a leave of absence from UM in order to pursue our first documentary. And which one was that? That was Raw Deal, A Question of Consent. Oh, yeah, that made a big splash. It like Sundance or something, didn't it? Well, it was big. It sure uh, did. Yeah, yeah, hefty places where the, where the, the bigwigs go, and uh, I've never been near there. But, uh, in fact, legally, I'm not allowed to enter the state of Utah. The whole thing is minor <laughs> league softball, and I just want to say I was innocent of all charges, but I can't go there. Uh, but here's what I think uh, uh, drew you to uh, documentaries, because uh, the stories in Florida – are so nuts that you don't need fiction. It's so rich. Is that part of what, why you just dove into it? I mean, did you have a love affair with just that, the craziness that is Florida? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's this sort of untapped, or it was for a while, a kind of untapped resource of just gold, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's no limit to – there might be a you know, 240 character limit on Twitter, but Florida has unlimited characters and, uh, and stories. And so we just felt that uh, when we were at Sundance and we did like 60 interviews in five or six days and everyone asked us, you know, now that you've made a big splash at Sundance, are you guys going to move to New York or L.A.? And 
we said, no, I mean, we're going to go back home to Miami. And uh, first of all, because, you know, it, it was our home. So that's where you go when you're done right. with other shit. You go home. So we, we went home. And then we also wanted to kind of brand our company. Raw Deal, A Question of Consent, was a Florida true crime story. But it wasn't a Miami story. Uh, and so we wanted to kind of brand our company um, as the Miami guys, you right. know, that's what we wanted to be known as. We thought that that our geography could play an important role in distinguishing us in the marketplace. And in those days, you couldn't go direct to uh, to your end user, you know, direct to the marketplace. Right. You, exactly. had, you had to make movies for like eight people. And those eight people were the acquisitions executives at the mini majors or independent distribution companies that would release documentaries. So, you know, we were like, well, we, we got to be known for something, you know, so we wanted to be. Again, in the way that you think about, you know, Kevin Smith in Jersey, yeah. you know, M. Night Shyamalan in Philadelphia, Martin Scorsese in New York, Rick Linklater, uh, Robert Rodriguez in Austin, you know, like you, we wanted right. to be associated with our, our, our hometown, our city. So, um, and it's so smart. Was- I mean, you know, because uh, uh, if you guys would have fallen to the temptress of Hollywood within eight months, you would have been uh, doing an animated feature about a chimp with <laughs> magical powers. You don't need that. Yeah, we didn't want to be three more schmucks peddling our wares <laughs> right, right. For, for L.A. Like, then you're, then you're just another one of those uh, folks. And so, like, how do you distinguish yourself? And so we, we took the gamble of coming back home and, and trying to put ourselves on the map with a, dis- a uniquely Miami story, let's and, say. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, wise move, because uh, I, I just read a quote of yours that uh, sums it up best uh, about both Miami and the state of Florida uh, uh, that whole Orchids of Asia thing and then the influence uh, peddling down at uh, Mar-a-Lago. And the, uh, you said, uh, I think it was in Miami Herald, the idea that this is about a Chinese spy ring disguised as a rub and tug, disguised as a day spa. It's just peak. We've reached peak Florida. That's what you've said. I love yeah. the phrase, we've reached peak Florida. And before you comment on that, first of all, Orchids of Asia, not to be confused, Billy, with one of my sponsors, Our Kids of Asia, the Chinese baby stroller. Okay, go ahead. And, and- yes, or, or my, my favorite uh, Hialeah Asian massage parlor, Kaha China. <laughs> So they should be a sponsor. That's right by the sure. horse track, isn't it? <laughs> Everything's right by the horse track in Hialeah. Sure, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's, the whole the whole city's full of shit, so it works out that way. So you dove into the U. I know that that one. I mean, everything you've done is fantastic. Did that one jump you up a notch? The story of Miami football uh, in the in the late eighties and how crazy it was, and and what an attitude they had, and why they had that attitude. Because that's a thirty for thirty on like an ESPN where you don't have to go through those eight nutballs sitting there uh, drinking caramel macchiatos and deciding the future of a hundred thousand filmmakers. Well, we never would have gotten that opportunity without Cocaine Cowboys, and that that became the calling right. card piece that we did, uh, you know, a couple of years after Sundance. And, uh, so it was because of cocaine cowboys, I think that we, that we got that opportunity. Uh, at and, and that was all about just a, just a nutball world of, of drugs in Miami, right? Well, cocaine cowboys also, I guess could have been about the Dallas Cowboys with during Jimmy Johnson, uh, era. As yeah. Well. I, I think that there's some good. overlap there for sure. <laughs> Two words, Michael Irvin. <laughs> yeah. So, um, though it was about the, uh, the, the good old battle days of the cocaine wars in Miami during the, uh, the 1980s. And uh, that really is what, you know, I think cemented us as, as the quote Miami guys, end quote. And I, it was because of the popularity of that project that, that I, we were able to pitch ESPN 
on the U, which originally was called Hurricane Season, and uh, get the opportunity to to make it before the 30 for 30 series even existed. We already had a deal to do this feature documentary, and then it was about a year into the project when they told us about this new initiative, the 30 for 30 initiative of 30 films by 30, uh, 30 documentaries by 30 different filmmakers just to commemorate the 30 30th anniversary of of the network. So right. um, at the time, it was going to be all one hour documentaries. So they wanted to talk to us about doing a one hour version of the U, which seemed kind of impossible. Uh, yeah. To do. Yeah. So they said, well, that's cool. You you guys will be like the first long, you know, two hour block one. And then, of course, they went on to make a lot of two hour uh, docs. And in fact, ultimately a 10 hour doc in that brilliant OJ right. uh, piece that they that they did. So it just got it kind of took off. The whole 30 for 30 thing kind of took off after that, and it's been an incredible thing to to be a part of. And, and what a story. Uh, what a rich story. Uh, you know, Howard Schnellenberger goes there to turn around a, a, a dormant uh, a Miami Hurricane program, and he has to go find ballplayers, which nowadays we think they're just everywhere in Florida, and, and in fact they might be. But, but, you know, back then he had to take the chance – of going into the rougher, tougher areas of Miami, and and getting these kids out of there and over to over to the U, uh, tremendous football players. But man, they came out with a swagger. They weren't taking crap from anybody. Well, I got to tell you, it was not dissimilar to what you know my, my producing partners and I decided to do, uh, which is that you know limitations breed creativity. So when you're an indie filmmaker, you gotta you know you gotta look close to home for inspiration and access to interesting characters and and stories and that's why miami's chock full of them it's also we felt at the time an untapped resource this is pre-florida man you know yeah. before that became <laughs> right. a, a sub-genre of you know entertainment and and news and yes and of really everything. at that point it, it had a literary tradition you know and like elmore leonard and sure. carl hyacin and some wonderful writers uh down here but beyond that there wasn't really anyone in the non-fiction space um it, it, non-fiction film space uh, doing anything that, that that we felt was 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 really exciting, uh, and Schnellenberger had the same kind of issue. It was like he had he was literally the last head coach that the University of Miami was ever going to hire for football. They were about to disband the entire football program, which was operating at a significant uh, deficit, and they fi- decided they'd give it one more shot with this guy, you know, who would who would. You essentially, uh, you know, come 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 into his own under Don Shula during the Miami Dolphins perfect season. And let's give this a shot. And he had no money. He had no budget to travel. Maybe if there was like one quarterback, you know, up the coast, they could afford to buy one plane ticket, you know, to uh, try to to try to court a kid or recruit a kid up there. But otherwise, they had no choice but to stay close to home. So he realized the same thing we did, which is that South Florida at the time was an untapped resource for football players, particularly in the inner city. And he had a real gravitas to him. You know, with, he did. Uh, you know, with yeah. that deep voice and the mustache. The mustache, the, yeah, the, the countenance, the, the big and barrel the chest. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the pipe. So he had, he had as the players told us, he had a, uh, a hood pass. You know, Howard Schnellenberger could, <laughs> could, had safe passage in any neighborhood uh, in, in Florida and South Florida that he wanted. Uh, and he went and he discovered some extraordinary talent and created some incredible opportunities for some young men. And, and if he didn't invent 
that methodology of uh, recruiting. He certainly perfected it and cast a spotlight on it. And then, and now, as you said, everybody just takes it for granted. They just yeah. come down here and from all over the country and, and poach the talent in Miami. And, and, uh, and the attitude has spread nationwide. The notion that you can be brash on a college football field comes directly from that. Cause back then, uh, like you say, Miami, they didn't have, I don't even think they had a home field. I think they just cordoned off a section of 95 there and, <laughs> and they played on there for a couple hours and then they kicked them off. Uh, but, 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 but yeah, so that's the roots of, of, of like how and what you guys did. And man, that turned into a great one. Anyway, you've done a ton of great ones, but let's talk about screwball, which is, uh, which is out now. And which, uh, uh, this is amazing to me because if I could do a, uh, uh, a, a, a renovation on my career, like A-Rod somehow pulled off on his, I, I would do it because uh, I don't know how this guy did it. I mean, he, it, it's, it's the entire story of the whole biogenesis thing and, and A-Rod sucking down the, uh, the juice. And, uh, and, uh, and yet now he's a judge on Shark Tank. Explain that connection. <laughs> I can't. I think, listen, I think it's a wonderful reinvention. It's, it's an only in Miami reinvention. I'm, I'm often quoted as saying that L.A. is where you go when you want to be somebody. New York is where you go when you are somebody. And Miami is where you go when you want to be somebody else. Um, it's, it's always been a sunny place for shady people, and I think he's, he's no different. And he's been able to, to reinvent himself now in an exciting way, and, and we're kind of through the looking glass now. I mean, I never thought I'd live to see the day where everybody loved A-Rod and hated Jeter. Uh, yeah. When the hell did that happen? Yeah, that's amazing. Now, now, what are the roots of this? Because uh, uh, A-Rod uh, goes kind of uh, on the prowl looking for uh, some help, and, uh, and he finds it down south in South Florida, correct? Absolutely. I mean, listen, um, as a lot of ballplayers get older, they discover that getting older sucks. And, you know, when so much of their – I mean, their entire li- livelihood and so much of their personal identity and ego is tied into their – their physical performance, you know, their ability to uh, be in peak condition and to perform on a field. Uh, you need to figure out how to maintain that as long as you possibly can. And so a lot of these guys cheat and they or they turn to banned substances. When I say banned substances, uh, some of them are, are not illegal substances, but they are banned in the world of baseball as far as the, the and, rules and contracts. Yeah, and know. let's be honest. If, uh, if you're doing a vial of monkey testosterone, there's an angry monkey somewhere who okay. gave up his testosterone. Well, but there's also this era is slightly different from the anabolic steroid era. You know, uh, when when the the these skinny little kids turned into baseball monsters, smacking balls to Guantanamo. I think that uh, you know we have this was the as you said the testosterone era, the human growth hormone era. These guys wanting to uh, you know maintain their longevity, um, uh, they wanting to recover and heal faster from injuries. And so they would turn, uh, specifically in Florida, to these so-called anti-aging clinics, which is like this gray market kind of scheme that started popping up in the early zeros and really flourished down here. And appropriately so. You know, legend has it that uh, that Spanish explorer Ponce de Leon discovered the state of Florida while uh, on the search for the mythical fountain of youth. He was and looking so, for an anti-aging clinic. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. He's, he, he's, he had some low T levels, and he was, uh, you know, <laughs> sure. So uh, you know, but but that's what happened. And Manny Ramirez um, found his way to this character, uh, Tony Bosch, who he referred to as Doctor T or Doctor Tony, who was in fact not a real uh, doctor. Of course not. And 
because Miami. Sure. And, exactly. uh, that, that's the thing about these anti-aging clinics is that they weren't necessarily clinics in the medical sense, but they were entrepreneurial ventures uh, by people in, in South Florida at, who had connections to, let's say, retire doctors, since Florida is, you know, a retiree's right, playground. Right, right. You're going um, to get clinicked in something at a clinic there. Absolutely. Yeah. And you have these doctors who had prescription pads, and they have DEA numbers, and they're retired, and they're not generating any revenue off of them. So you'd have an entrepreneur, such as Tony Bosch, who would offer them basically to rent their prescription pad and say, we will list you on our official documents as the medical director, but you never have to show up. You just need to give us your pad and your DEA number, and don't worry about it. We'll write the prescriptions from here, and you'll get a piece of the action. So that's how this started, and then guys gravitated to it, and then it gets a little ugly. But you, you got to see that. You got to see this. You got to see Screwball. You got to see the whole documentary. Uh, it's impressive. And uh, and listen. Look, I got a bona fide big time director with me right here, right now. Time for advice corner. Actual takeaway from the great Billy Corbin. I'm going to just ask you uh, several questions. Uh, these are actual bona fide, legitimate questions here. This part of the show. Oh, anyway. that's a, that's a shame. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, when do you know you have to pursue an idea? When 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 does it get stuck in your cross so bad you got I got to do this. That's a great question, you know, because when you make documentaries and people know that you make documentaries, and I'm sure people who make documentaries who are listening to this will relate to it. People come to you all the time and they say, bro, like, bro, like, for truth, bro, I got the best idea for a documentary ever, bro. It's, it's going to be the greatest documentary of all times, bro. You got to do it. So how do you know if it's, if it's the greatest idea or not? And right. so I, I have this little test that I do. I call it RAS, which stands for uh, Relevance access style and it's not foolproof but it is idiot proof so it's very helpful in sort of deciding whether or not you know separating the wheat from the chaff and so relevance you ask yourself the question is anybody going to give a shit about this if i spend the next year plus of my life and hopefully somebody else's money working on this thing (laughs) will there be an audience for it on the other end you know and topical is different from relevant relevant means will there be a if not a paying audience at least someone willing to pay with their time you know, who's going to sit and spend an hour, two hours, whatever it may be, watching this thing. Yeah, it's uh, got second... to resonate like, uh, like, like football resonates, Major League Lacrosse, not so much. All right, access, that's the A. Access. Well, you know what they say, it's not what you know, it's who you know. So oh, access to yeah. what? Access to the interview subjects. You know, is there somebody who's willing to talk on the record, on camera, in the first person? Because I say it's all about I and we, not they and he. People want to hear, audiences want to hear stories right from the horse's mouth. So do you have access to the people who will tell you the story, access to anything else, equipment, money, distribution, you know, a a crew, whatever you need to to make the movie happen. Um, And finally, style. Uh, It's not what you say, it's, it's how you say it. And do you have... Uh, something to bring to the table as a storyteller, as a filmmaker um, that is going to be able to serve the story and and tell it in an exciting and inventive way um, and is going to help uh, translate it to audiences, not only coherently, but as a piece of entertainment, meaning one they're going to want to sit and watch and enjoy and, and hopefully like after they've watched it. You know, if I put as much energy into your first answer uh, uh, into my career, that would be somewhere. That was impressive. <laughs> 
question. That's impressive. Question number two. It was a good question, I have to say. Why, it's thank you. Uh, I very rarely hear that. Best. Tra- <laughs> I'm going to follow it up with this best travel tip because I know you're on the road. Uh, yeah, you know, you're traveling around shooting the films and stuff. And, and I'm thinking you might have some interesting little travel tips. Uh, what, what do you do when you check into a hotel? What's, what's your biggest tip? Uh, first thing I do is I go and I get the shower cap. Yeah. And I and I uh, wrap the TV remote control with it. Wow. Never heard that one. That's a great one. I love that one. If you think about it, what do they never clean in the room? There's probably a lot of nobody. Exactly. I was going to say. (laughs) But I don't think anybody, anybody ever takes so much as a Clorox, Clorox wipe to the the TV remote. So if you're going to use the TV, which a lot of people don't anymore, I think, you know, we've all got our computers and our phones, but yeah, but still, yeah, yeah I, I, I say use protection. I say grab that grab that shower cap and wrap that damn remote. That is super smart. And uh, you have no cash outlay with that solution. How important <laughs> is pace to your storytelling? Because I've seen some of your stuff. You get a nice, quick thing going on there. How, how, how important is that to you? Oh, I think it's it's super important, especially uh, – in fact, uh, ask me right now, Chet. Just ask me the question just like this. Say, Billy, what – is the secret of comedy. Go ahead. Billy, what is the secret? Timing. There you go. See, that's so, why that's why you got out of Hollywood. You could smell that so, coming. You said, I gotta get out of here. So I mean that yeah, timing is timing is everything, especially in, in storytelling. Uh, you know, and when you're telling a story, for example, like like Cocaine Cowboys or the U, it needs to have a it needs to pop. It needs to move. Right. You know, and, and yeah. some stories you need to slow down a little bit, let let people catch their breath. Um, so I, I think you have to, that was, that's the S in RAS. It's the style, yeah, you know, yeah. what are, what are you going to, and pacing is a big, big part of that, the rhythm of the editing. Uh, and, and really, like I said, you got to serve the story. So what is the story about? How, how does the story need to be told? And if it doesn't need to be slowed down, then, then pick up the pace and, and, and let people, uh, let people have fun with it rather than stewing in it. Right. Go on a ride. Best tip to get a film into a festival. Oh, wow. Um, I don't care no, how blue you have no. to go here. <laughs> I <don't, laughs> well, yeah. Um, I, knee pads. <laughs> Perfect. All right, last question. When do you know that you've got a winner of a project? Do you have to wait till an audience sees it, or do you have something intrinsic, if I may use the term, uh, or, or you just wait till, you, till a crowd gets its eyes on it? Oh, sometimes I know when I like it. But it doesn't matter what I think. Right. It only matters. Yeah. It only matters what the audience thinks. So I could say I think it's our best work, or I love what we did, or I'm really proud of it. But that. But who gives a shit? I mean, it only it only yeah. matters what an audience thinks thinks ultimately. So yeah, I don't I don't consider anything a success until people get to watch it and people dig it and and recommend it to other people. And uh, and as I say, the measure of success in 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 our business is not critics. It's not awards. It's not even money. It's simply, do we get to work again? Yeah. And if we get to work again, then we are, you know, making a living doing something we love in America in the 21st century. We're very, we're very blessed and we are a success. 
And I get to have that nightmare right after this podcast. Do I work again? <laughs> that Advice Corner brought to you by U-Drive, the app that lets you rent your own car to take you wherever you want to go. Hey, speaking of cars, True Car, that's right. They got a they got a killer deal. Uh, 60 seconds, of course, is how long this commercial is going to take. But it's also, you can do a lot in uh, 60 seconds. Uh, you can listen to Billy Corbin give a tip. You can pet your dog. You could do a few setups. Well, you can get it to a film festival if you have the knee pads <laughs> if you get yeah there you, it could take that to, hey you can launch your career that fast you can also get a true cash offer from true car and you can do it right from your smartphone uh, you just go to true car simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details just pop up right there on the screen answer a few questions you're going to get an accurate true cash offer from a local true car certified dealer it's that easy after that you bring your car in they'll check it out with you together you can ask questions Get the answers you need so there's no surprises. Then simply leave with your check or, hey, trade in your car for a new ride. So when you are ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. All right, now listen to me. Oh, Billy, this is very exciting. Billy Corbin, time for the Fiery Four. The Fiery Four. That's right. These are sports takes hotter than Miami. And July at midnight in South Beach on a black leather chair. Uh, fire number one. Should college athletes get paid? Yes. And why? Because they're working. Yeah, they. Uh, you know, I agree. <laughs> they're working. I'm sorry. They're working in a multi-billion dollar industry. So, of course, you have to pay your workforce in a multi-billion dollar industry. Yeah, impressive. Yeah, they should. Uh, and, and listen, uh, what range you have? That was a one-word answer. And then the, <laughs> the other one, uh, literally my producer had to pee. Went out, peed, came back. You were still you're still doing the answer. That was impressive. That, that's range. You should, you, should, you should get back to acting. Fire number two. Is Manny Diaz the right guy for hurricane football? Certainly the right guy now. So yes, yes. <laughs> that now. seems to be that seems to be but, the way they hire coaches but, in Miami. But, the, but hey, the proof is in the pudding. In the same way, I don't know if I have a successful movie until the audience sees it. We don't right. know if we have a successful coach until the product takes the field. Yeah, that's true. That that's very true. Fire number three. Do we put an asterisk on records from athletes who juiced or did HGH all that stuff, or do we just let them go in the record books? Well, the Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame, would be filled with asterisks. You have assholes and racists and women beaters and sex addicts and all kinds of well, stuff sex in the Hall thing. of Fame. That doesn't deserve um, an asterisk. That's just a normal well, thing for a lot of guys. Okay. <laughs> okay. But the, it could get into a film festival maybe. But like <laughs> – Sure. But, like, uh, what I'm saying is, like, you literally have segregationists. I mean, you have yeah, the commissioner true. who perpetuated segregation for decades in the ma- in Major League Baseball. You have players who refuse to take the field with black players. Okay? Right, you have yeah. just por- genuinely horrible people. Um, so, yeah, you could put an asterisk, but you'd have to put an asterisk, I'm saying, by everybody. You'd well, have to have footnotes right, for yeah, everybody. True. And the idea that there's some sort of – you know, bright line here when it comes to this issue and that these guys are somehow less worthy of the honor that there's some yeah, kind true. of 
hypocritical sanctity of like a Hall right, of Fame, I think right. it's just nonsense. You know, that's uh, that's the that's the best argument I've, I've heard in favor of that. Plus, maybe hey, instead of an asterisk, how about an uh, eye rolling emoji? Maybe that'd be better uh, right or, next or, to or the... About just like, or, or the... How about the pill emoji? Or that little syringe emoji? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? And finally, fire number four. Is Florida getting too crazy even for you? Too crazy? I don't know if it's getting too crazy. I think it's always been this crazy, but it's certainly not getting any less crazy. I'll tell you that now. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, you know, I, I you read my quote from the Herald uh, earlier yeah. Um, you know, about, about peak Florida, reaching peak Florida, which I think is true now that the president is a part time Florida man. Yeah. Uh, but I will but I will tell you that, uh, you know, when you get, get to stories like Screwball, for example, at this point in time, I feel like we're just freebasing Florida fuckery at this point. <laughs> yeah, so. I think you're right. That fiery four brought to you by Ah Choo Choo, the train shaped allergy dose pack for kids. Now, hey, time for a pop quiz from Billy Corbin to me while Billy Corbin's getting that ready. Let me tell you guys uh, about ooh, betonline.ag. You know what's coming, folks. I mean, uh, their deals are so tempting. Uh, we got we got the 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 title game for NCAA uh, basketball. We got the NBA playoffs coming. We got the NHL playoffs coming. We got baseball heating up big, and we got the Masters right around the corner to get in on all the action. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code Podcast One. For a 50% welcome bonus. Man, you got Major League Baseball series that are already way off the charts. The Brewers way out in front. What's going on with Boston? Get in there and bet these games. The Bo Sox got to turn it around sometimes. Masters tournament. Who do you like in that one? I don't know. Tigers starting to play better. But man, oh man, Rory McIlroy, when they were passing out guts, he got back in line for second helpings. Get in there and bet it. NBA, ridiculous. The playoffs are going to be so competitive so don't sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action don't forget to use that promo code podcast one or text bet now to two three eight six six nine text bet now to two three eight six six nine to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus betonline.ag your online sports book experts all right it's time for pop quiz oh hang on let me tee up the theme song we got a little theme song for it here it is Pop, pop, quiz. All right. Yeah, we'll put that in the post, Billy. Trust me. <laughs> Technical snap. You know what post is all about. Uh, so, hey, listen, Billy Corbin's got a pop quiz for me, Chet Waterhouse. Let's hear it, Billy. Let me see. And incidentally, I am three for 62 right now in the pop quizzes. So, uh, uh, <laughs> But I got some momentum going. <laughs> I was one of three last week. <laughs> Let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens. All right, so these are uh, – we call them true or false, but the question is, are these real Florida headlines or are oh, they not okay. real Florida headlines? So uh, some of them are, some of them may be real. Some of them may be made up. All of them may be made up. You tell me whether it's real Florida or fake Florida. Love right? it. All right. Number one, Florida man says three syringes found in his butt aren't his. True. Absolutely. True Florida story. Absolutely. Uh, I don't want to know any of the details of that particular story. But yes, I believe it is true, and I was right. Thank you. Oh, Florida. Number two. 
Florida drive through seafood restaurant sells chocolate-covered fried alligator meat? I'm going true. Eh. Oh, sorry. You know Big what? Club. You know what? My instinct was false because it's too tame. It's something positive that somebody would do for another human being, and uh, <laughs> I, I'm not sure there's a lot of that down. There. Oh, man, I'm one and one. This is the rubber question. Can I save my dignity and win the pop quiz? Fire it out, Billy Corbin. Question number three. Are we only doing three? Because I got to pick one. I got to. This is, this is yeah, important. Yeah, you know what? Let's okay. do three just because, uh, uh, um, yeah, my uh, crest store is starting to kick in. I'm getting all right. shaky. Here we go. Uh, homeless Florida man calls cops. After people he paid for sex don't show. <laughs> true. <laughs> yes, sir. It is absolutely true. <laughs> wow, man, two and one. That's a rare pop quiz win for me. Thank you, Billy Corbin, because uh, that was brilliant. That pop quiz, incidentally, brought to you by Hypnosis. Get rid of those redneck tendencies once and for all with Hypnosis. My guest today, the pride of Miami, the great director, producer, Billy Corbin. Follow him on Twitter, at Billy Corbin. Most importantly, watch Screwball. You got to see this. The real story of A-Rod, the biogenesis scandal. It's in select theaters. It's all over iTunes and Google Play, uh, and uh, go just Google it, find it, watch it. It's brilliant. Billy, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Chet, or as we call you in Miami, uh, uh, Senor Casa de Agua. Love it. Just just tee up a cigar with that. I'm there. Follow me on Twitter, at Chet Waterhouse, and follow my comedian buddy, at Real Jeff Cesario. Visit jeffcesario.com for fun stuff. Ooh, I just found out he's opening, uh, Cesario's opening for Kevin James down in Anaheim in a couple of weeks. Thanks to you folks for tuning in. Support my sponsors, True Car and BetOnline.ag. Hey, if you want more of me this weekend, I'll be at the main post, post office in downtown L.A. calling the 33rd annual last-minute tax return envelope throws right up till exactly midnight. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain.